In podcast. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Oliver. And this is our first ever recording of this podcast about mid-singles, and it's for mid-singles, and it's by mid-singles. Yeah, I've always wanted to do a podcast. I haven't found a lot of podcasts that really reflect my experience. And I think especially as like a religious single, someone who's living this very specific life, it's unique. I think it's interesting to other people, like outside of the church. It's, I think people are curious about that or interested in it. And in the church, like, I think we could all have a lot to relate to each other. I've noticed as friends turn 30 and beyond, there's just a lot of big milestones. There are a lot of changes happening and it can be overwhelming and also lonely. The mid-singles ward is definitely scary and we'll be talking about that a lot in the podcast, but also Oliver and I have both had really awesome experiences in the ward and a lot of friendships and growth through it too. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't know mid-singles, MSA, what is this? This is new jargon. This is a new language. Lindsay and I are both members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and it's a very family-oriented religion. And as such, we have little churches or wards or little gatherings, and they're called Young Single Adult Wards. And that's for, what, is it 18 up to... 30. 18 up to 30, yeah. So if you are a young Latter-day Saint and you're 18 to 30 years old, you would go to the YSA ward. So what if you age out of the YSA ward? Then what then? Like, where do you go? Where that's where the mid-singles ward comes in. And the mid-singles ward is for members of the church who are 31 to to 45 years of age. And so Lindsay and I are, we both fit in that bracket. We're both in the mid-singles ward. And we just have... A lot of experiences as members and as attendees of a mid-singles ward that we'd love to share with you guys. Yeah, I will say that not every single in the church who turns 31 goes automatically to a mid-singles ward. First of all, not all areas of the world have them, and then not everyone prefers to do that. At some point, the singles wards in general are really nice because it's a really specific population, and so your lessons or the talks or speeches given at church, things like that can all be really catered to your life versus like a more family centric dialogue. So it is really nice, but a lot of singles opt to just go to a family ward or what we're going to call a neighborhood ward, because Mm -hmm. it's not just families in those wards. It's all sorts of different single or family situations. And there's that big choice for sure. When you turn that age, I mean, turning 30 has a lot of implications anyway. Something else that really prompted us to want to do this podcast was just more of a focus on singles in the church. In the last general conference of the church in October of 2021, there were a few different speakers that talked about singles or directly to singles, and they mentioned that there are more single than married members of the church in North America. And it's been like that in other countries for even longer, but now as of like 2019, That's true in North America as well. And so that's a huge group of people. And I think sometimes those people kind of fall into the background, especially in like a neighborhood ward where there's families and things like that. Yeah. So there's just a lot of different topics to be discussed along those lines. Mm -hmm. And as you said, 
singles right now, it's a big demographic. And so we want to hear not only our voices, but yours as well, as we learn more about what life is like in the mid-singles. Yeah, as we relate to each other and gain strength in sharing experiences and and laugh along the way, for sure. Mm -hmm. So Lindsay and I, like we mentioned earlier, we are both members of the church. We are distinct and different in some ways. Yeah. So Lindsay, talk about your upbringing in the church and... I'll do a little introduction. So I'm Lindsay. I am 35. I'll be 36 in a couple months. I grew up in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I actually grew up in the Las Vegas area where I live now. I went to BYU for college and lived in Utah and some other places for about 15 years before I moved back to Las Vegas three years ago. This is actually my fourth mid-singles ward. Have I told you this? This Yeah. (laughs) So when I turned 31, I was living in Salt Lake. And I actually didn't think I was going to go to a mid-singles ward. When I turned 31, I was really excited to go to a family ward. My ideal calling would be either young women's or nursery or Sunday. I love the toddlers so much. So I went to a family ward for a couple weeks. And then I don't know what it was. I, I had friends in my area. Like I was doing pretty good. But I was like, oh, there's more friends to be made. That's just kind of how I felt. So I went to the mid-singles ward in downtown Salt Lake. It was super awesome. I really liked it. I had a bunch of friends who are also turning 31 around that time, too, who are a little bit more scared of this mid-singles ward. Mm-hmm. So I did end up convincing a few of these friends to come along with me. Not everyone did, but that was kind of fun to just get a group of people who were all 31-ish, you know, coming to the ward. And it was a huge ward. They had three release societies, at least two elders quorums. In Utah, there's quite a few mid-singles wards, and they're all huge. But I had a great experience. After that, I had a job change, and then I went through a couple of years of kind of bouncing around a little bit trying to find the right thing career-wise and location-wise. So I was in a mid-singles ward in Provo for about a year, and I was actually in a mid-singles ward in Washington, D.C. for four months mm-hmm. before I moved back to Las Vegas. And so this is definitely like longest-lived experience in Las Vegas. I've been in it for three years, and I remember when I moved back to Las Vegas, I never expected to come back here, first of all, just because I'd had so many experiences in other places. But I really felt like this would be a good place to live and serve. And it has been a great word. Like, I've had some good callings that have helped me grow. Especially recently, I feel like we've had a really great group of friends who are always doing fun things and inviting others out. So that's been a huge benefit that I know not everyone has at this stage of life. And yeah, that's it. What else should you know about me? So I work in arts management. (laughs) And I also lived in Boston for a while. I got my master's in arts management. Those are some things about me. We have some things in common too, right? Like we both love Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. That's what else true. do we love? Um, There's a lot of things, I'm are, sure. Yeah. We, <laughs> we, we both grew up in Las Vegas. This is true, yep. Uh, Vegas natives, yep, born and raised. And even though you left Vegas, you came back to Las Vegas. Yes, I did. It called mm-hmm. me back and the weather is wonderful. <laughs> Everyone should live here. <laughs> they should. A lot of people say, uh, I've heard that saying where a lot of people come here and they end up leaving, but somehow, for some reason or another, they always end up coming back. And yeah. that's what happened in your case. Yeah, it was. You ended up leaving and you ended up coming back. The craziest thing is, when I came back, the rest of my family moved out of Vegas. A lot of them were already in other places. And yeah, it's been interesting just to like have my family be my friends here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. So how about you, Oliver? Tell us about yourself. Ooh, okay. So like Lindsay mentioned, uh, I'm a Vegas local, born and raised here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Upbringing is a, a little bit different. Yes, I 
I, as well, am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But I always felt like that I was a bit of a late bloomer. And I say that because um, I served in mission when I was later in life. So typically members of the church, the men anyway, they serve missions when they're 18. And I think it's, no, it was 19 back then. Yeah. And now they've changed it. So it's 18 now. I went later. So I was 21. I came back when I was 23, served a mission in Brazil. And then when I got home from my mission, I started attending the, the YSA, the Young Single Adult Ward. Was going to school. I got my associates at the local college here and then wasn't quite sure uh, what to get my bachelor's in. So just continued working. And then there comes a point in your life where it's time for you to leave the Young Singles Ward and to go to the Mid Singles Ward, which I feel like there, it, that's that's a, a tiny milestone in your life, but it is a milestone regardless because when you leave the YSA, you kind of have this guilt that you're still single, which yeah. is which is kind of funny because you shouldn't feel guilty for being single, but that kind of comes with the territory when you leave one event to move on to another event yeah. in your life yeah also the culture is really yeah. strong yeah in that exactly respect. yeah exactly we're a very goal-oriented religion yeah we are yeah yeah and so when you feel like you haven't reached that goal you kind of not kind of you, you feel like a failure yeah for sure mm-hmm. i remember even feeling like a failure when i went on my mission because i was 21 and not married i don't know if that's exactly what it was but i remember thinking Oh man, I'm 21 and not married and I felt great about going on a mission and it like a really good thing for me, but it was also like, man, did I mess it up somehow before then? So I didn't get married because I think for women, especially there's more pressure to get married than go on a mission. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, which is crazy to me looking back that I felt that at 21. Yeah. Still a child, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So sure. that is it's another thing we have in common. We both served our missions at 21. Yeah, there you go. I didn't know that you did that. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> We're going to find more, for sure. <laughs> more, more connections, more things we have in common. <laughs> twins. Practically <laughs> twins. <laughs> but yeah, so like we mentioned earlier, so Lindsay and I both attend the same mid-singles ward. And our mid-singles ward in Las Vegas is unique because it is the only mid-singles ward in the whole valley. Yeah. Whereas compared to Utah, where there's, you know, mid-singles wards aplenty. Yeah, even like places like Arizona, Washington, D.C. have multiple mid-singles wards in their metropolitan areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. And we just we just have the one. <laughs> yeah. Which is probably a lot of areas like ours. Like, they're the exception, not us. Oh, interesting. Like, I wonder if there's a mid-singles ward in Billings, Montana. Places like that. Right. People have to tell us. <laughs> if there are these mid-singles words in Montana, please reach out. We would love to hear from you. So, Lindsay, how did we first meet? I think our word's small enough that if there's somebody else moderately cool out there, you're going to meet them. People aren't falling through the cracks that much. But we actually met in a fun way. We have a good friend who was thinking about doing a dating business of sort, mm-hmm. where it was kind of like speed dating, but longer speed dates. So... It would be some sort of central location where there's different events or things to do, but she would pair people up for 30 minute increments and you'd go on like three dates in one night and get to meet three different people. And there'd be a different activity for each part of the date that was related somehow. So that's how Oliver and I met was on one of those dates. Yes. I think, was I your first date? 
Or did you... I think you were my last one of the night. And you were definitely my most fun. I was like, oh, whoever's cool. I hope we're friends. (laughs) I wasn't the first, but I was the most fun. (laughs) Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah, no, it was fun. It was dumb. Like, we were at Bath & Body, and you helped me pick out scents for my car. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) It was at this mall area, and they... There was, it was Christmas time, so there was, like, parade and some stuff happening. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. The decorations were up. It was, yeah, that was actually a very fun activity. And, yeah, and yeah. here we are, like, friends to this day and making this podcast together. Yeah, that was years ago. <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, we wanted to talk about, like, what we're in for. Like, why we are why we think we're single. <laughs> <laughs> I think the what are you in for question is silly because... Because that's, it, that's the question that everyone always gets. Yeah, and it implies that you did something wrong, which I don't think I did anything wrong. I think it was certainly circumstantial, and I think a lot of it was intentional on my part, and I don't regret it at yeah. all. Do you want me to start and share my story? Hey, ladies. Okay. <laughs> so I I was like a little bit of a late bloomer, too. I didn't have my first kiss till after my mission, when I was 23. I went on very few dates in high school. I had a few minor boyfriend situations before my mission, but I, I honestly had kissing opportunities before my mission, but I was pretty prude about it. <laughs> my parents, like, didn't kiss till they were engaged or something crazy. So that was the mindset I had, for sure. Yeah. I was like, ooh, it's got to be special. So you were trying to yeah. keep up with your parents' standards back in the day. Yeah. And so then by the time I was home for my mission and kissing boys, I was not ready to get married by then. And I feel like definitely that was a place where guys were in the mindset like, oh, let's get married before we graduate or whatever. And I just wasn't ready. Maybe it wasn't the right people that I was dating. It just didn't, yeah, I didn't feel ready to like that step. And I'm really glad I didn't. Like everyone, I've had a lot of growth over the years. And I've also had some mental health challenges, some depression and things like that. And so I think I would have been really rough on a spouse some to points in there. And I think that maybe is a contributing factor to just some of my failed relationships for sure. <laughs> but I do feel really great about where I am now. Not that I'm ready to get married tomorrow to somebody, but I do feel like I have grown it a lot over the years and I'm more prepared to give. Obviously, there's, yeah, marriage would be tricky for sure. A person at this age and so independent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm really grateful for my path. I got to go to the East Coast and go to grad school. I've had a good, pretty fulfilling career. I have a great job at this point, which is nice. I've had tons of opportunities to serve. So many great friends over the years from different phases of my life. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I've definitely made up in the kissing voice part. <laughs> and I'm okay with it that there's been a lot because I've learned a lot from all of them and it's been really positive for me. Yeah. How about that's, you? That's good. So yeah, I'm I too am in that same boat where I'm 33, I'm still single, attending the mid-singles ward. Now, the reason why I'm still single is that you you talked about how you had some experiences with dating, you had, to, you had to kind of struggle with like depression, uh-huh. anxiety, and those are topics we're totally going to discuss in the future. Yeah. Uh, for me, mine was because I'm a gay member of the church. And so that is, <laughs> that's the main, the big reason why I'm still single. <laughs> but that in itself is a blessing, but also a challenge because it's hard to be a member, but also be a gay member of the church. So, and again, that's also going to be another topic that we discuss. But yeah, so I would say that is the main reason why I am still <laughs> single, but yes, very ready to mingle. And the mid-singles ward, luckily and thankfully, has been very accepting of me, and I do love the ward, and I do feel very a part of it. So yeah, it's been a good experience for me, but at this time in my life, yeah, that w- that's the main reason why I would still categorize myself as 
a mid-single. Yeah, that makes total sense. I think that's just a lot to come to understand and accept about yourself. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Do you feel like you're at a place now where you're open to marriage or? Ooh, that is a good, I, I hope one day I I do and I don't know what it'll take to get there, but yeah. Even though I am a gay member of the church, yeah, I still very much would love the idea or, like, love having the option to get married one of these days. Yeah. So who knows if that ever happens in the future. But, yeah, we'll see. I'm hopeful. I feel like people compare single women and gay men to each other sometimes. You ever hear these sorts of things (laughs) like, oh, they're single and they're doing well. You can do that, too. And I think that does a disservice to both sides because it's... There's a lot of benefits to being single, honestly. Like, some of our podcast titles, we'll delve into that a little bit. But I think also there is... Well, we do want that growth that comes from, like, a really solid partnership and that love, you know? Yeah. So, in no way is this the ideal circumstance for anybody, but I think we can find ways to grow and thrive within it, you know? I do feel like I do have it easier than you because when someone comes up to you and says, Oh, you're such a great person. How come you're still single? Whereas (laughs) Whereas <laughs> if they ask me that and I give them the answer, it's like, oh, okay. And then that's it. You're like, <laughs> I'm no... gay. Yeah. <laughs> Shut down the conversation. Exactly. There's no follow-up questions. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a one and done. Yeah. What could I say? <laughs> my personality is abrasive. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on myself right now. <laughs> I don't, yeah. All good things take time. Yeah. There's no easy answers. <laughs> even, even when you have a great excuse. <laughs> Oliver, have you always known you're gay, or have you always been out about it? Oh, no, I just, ooh, I just came out recently. I say recently. This was over a year ago. So my family's always known, but back then, I, I guess you can say I was not gay. I was in denial back then. So, yeah, I just recently came out publicly a year ago. It's been over a year now. How has that felt to be more open about it, or...? Accepting of that part of yourself. I oh, it, it feels, I don't know, it feels great because for the longest time I always felt like nervous and anxious and I just, I guess I just felt like it was, now wasn't a good time to do it or like back then it wasn't a good time to come out and be honest with myself. But honestly, I wish I would have done it sooner. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's been, it's been a good, yeah, it's been, it's been a great experience so far and hopefully it'll continue to be so. Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. What do you think, I mean, we can both talk about this. What do you think keeps you going in the church despite the dissonance or the challenges? Hmm. I was talking to someone the other day about this and I was telling them, you know, I had ample opportunity to leave the church, but I was always afraid to leave. Not because I was afraid of like the consequences or or of what was going to happen if I did leave the church, but I was afraid because I knew that the church is true. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yes, I grew up in the church, but like, I have my own testimony, and you know, I've questioned it for myself, and so I know the church, the gospel principles, like all of it is still very much true for me. Mm-hmm. And so I think it would be difficult for me to leave the church, even though I think it would be, in a sense, it would be easier for me if I did leave the church and then, you know, pursue like a gay lifestyle outside of the church. But at the same time, I don't think I would be as happy as I am now. 
because I am a member of the church, I'm still going to the church. Yeah, yeah. I resonate with that. I feel like I've always been a pretty straight arrow with the church. Covenant keeping, keeping the commandments, going to all my meetings, you know, really engaging with it. But in terms of like my relationship with the church or even my relationship with God, there's been lots of ebbs and flows, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's stronger, sometimes it's not. I do feel like uh, the spirit has been like a powerful influence in my life. And even the savior, like had some really personal experiences where I felt like the savior was healing me or lifting my burdens in really important ways. And yeah, we can talk a lot about that in future episodes, just different experiences and things like that. But that's been really helpful for me. I feel like I do have a strong testament of the Book of Mormon. That's been that's been a big one for me, just the scripture and feeling like that's enhanced my life, especially in terms of how it's helped me understand the Savior. So yeah, even, I mean, I feel like there's always challenges. Even lately, I've been feeling like, is God there? I don't know if I'm feeling him all the time. I'm just trying to figure out that relationship, how I feel about different parts of it. It's an ongoing thing. I also do think we're really blessed by the community of it. I mean, being a single in your 30s, I have friends outside of the church, which they, I mean, they do well. They have, you know, their lives and their friends, but we have such a strong community and that's lifted me up a ton. So it's been nice to have. I totally agree with that because life is easier when you do have a community or a support system. And you're right. It is easier because since we are in the mid-singles ward, I think people sometimes forget that, oh, you are mid-single. That means you're alone. But in reality, we're not. We have... Uh, plenty of friends in the mid singles, mm-hmm. plenty of support. Yeah. And so, yeah, so we're not truly, we're not alone. We do have that support system that you talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And God's there too. I think that was a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I had some pretty intense health challenges and I felt like no one understood me, but I did feel like Christ understood me and that was really big for me. And I think it's nice to have that support. Also, we both have good families. I have a good family. You have a good family? I do, yeah. Yeah, I think that helps a lot. (laughs) For the most part, I do. (laughs) There's the quirks, for sure. Yes, yes, most definitely. But yeah, we both have good, supportive families. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good support systems there. And I think support systems are important for anyone, but particularly when you are single. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, should we talk about titles? Yes. So, Lindsay, you told me that you have been thinking about doing this podcast for a while now. I'd always wanted to do a podcast, actually. But I had the idea to do a podcast about mid-singles, and I thought it'd be fun to call it the Mid-Singles Podcast or something like that. Mm -hmm. But we've had a lot of fun ideas, and then we also decided to crowdsource it. So we posted on our social media channels asking for our title ideas. And that was really fun. It was really fun to see see the support and all of the ideas that were submitted. There's so many good ones. We're not even going to share them all today, but we're going to share uh, some of our favorites or maybe some of our <laughs> least favorites. <laughs> the ones that made us laugh, definitely. Yeah. And the ones that made us smile, for sure. But like Lindsay said, we just got so much input with not only the titles, but the topics that we could cover. We're actually both really excited about this because there is so much that we as mid-singles will talk about. And with it are these fun titles that you all gave us. So our, (laughs) some of the ones that we thought were pretty funny were getting single with it, chaste but unchaste, 
single and dreading to mingle, or the one that's very similar to it, single and too tired to mingle. <laughs> I relate to that. Yes, I think a lot of us can relate to these titles. Island of Misfit Mid-Singles. I thought that was kind of funny. No Spouse, Big House. <laughs> I wish I had a big house. <laughs> <laughs> we have 30, Thirsty, and Thriving. And also in that same vein, 30, Single, and Striving. I really liked that one. I thought that was sweet. And then, Lindsay, if you want to read off our top, our oh, top yeah. favorite ones. <laughs> we played with a lot of ideas of mingled singles or single mingling. Mm-hmm. I feel like mingle is such a common term in the singles wards. They have different yes. activities where you stay after church and eat some food and mingle. Mm-hmm. A, yeah. a, a munch and mingle. A munch and mingle. Yeah, a linger longer. Mingle. Yeah, a linger longer. Exactly. Yeah. Social singles. We had Party in the MSA, Party in the Mid-Single Adult Ward, <laughs> which we love. Single and Striving. Stuck in the Mid-Singles with you. That was really cute. That was a good one. That one was pretty funny. <laughs> so we decided on this one. It's actually from our friend Mariah, who we love. We both love her a lot. And we should actually share a funny Mariah story, too. Yes, we should. <laughs> so the title, we'll go with the title first. It's Singled In. And we love that because Singled Out was also suggested, which is a great title as well. Yeah, it is. We love the singled in, though, because it has that idea of inclusivity, like not left out, not on our own, but part of a group, part of a family. Yeah, Um, and already as a mid-single, you already kind of feel like an outcast. So with singled in, you're not going to be an outcast with us. You're going to be just another singles like we are. Yeah, you're one of us, and we are many. There are many of us, and there are a lot of cool mid-singles. We're so excited to be featuring different guests each week. Some of them are friends from our local mid-singles ward in Las Vegas. Others are friends from different points in life. Others are strangers, but we have a connection to them, and they have some great insights to share that are helpful. So, mm-hmm. we're yeah, we're excited about all the plethora of topics that we're going to cover from social life to spirituality, managing dating, managing careers. Mm-hmm. The ups and downs of being a mid-single, we want to cover as many topics as possible because, yeah, it's a a lot of experiences. Absolutely. Should we share a Mariah story? Yes, I I would love that. Now, (laughs) I I have to think of one. Do you have one? Yeah. Okay, So this is a classic mid-singles experience that I think some others will relate to. So Mariah, she used to live in Las Vegas and she lives in Los Angeles now. And I convinced her to come visit us for New Year's Eve. It was just this past New Year's Eve. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And all our other friends were doing other things. So it was just Mariah and me and Oliver Mm -hmm. hanging out. And we decided to go to this dance. And it was for 31 years and older. So there's the mid-singles ward, which is ages 31 to 45. But often, stakes in the valley will have activities for 31 plus, which really means 31 to 100, basically. (laughs) 31 and older. (laughs) Yeah. So if you've been in a situation like this, you know that, like, it skews kind of older, really older. Like, these are my grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. So that was absolutely the case with this dance. This was absolutely the case. (laughs) When we showed up and walked into that gymnasium... And saw 50, 60 year olds. 70 for sure. 70 year olds. Yeah. So that was, so that's when we realized, oh, it's that kind of dance. Yeah. We actually had a ton of fun. We found this karaoke room. We found a few others who were around our age and did karaoke for the most of the night. 
There's one point in the night, though. We should have brought you for protection, Oliver. But Mariah and I ventured out to the dance, and it was a cool dance. They had a live band, and they were doing 50s music. They did, yeah. Yeah, and so we were dancing. It was a fast song. And this man, who easily could have been my grandpa, came up to me and was like, hey, you want to dance? And I was caught off guard, so I just said, hey, no thanks. I'm going to dance with my friends right now. (laughs) And so after that, I looked around, and I could see other old men, like white hair men, closing in on us. And I said, Mariah, stay close. And we got out of there. I went and found Oliver and some other friends. <laughs> Retreat, retreated back to the sanctuary of the karaoke room. Yeah. <laughs> I know we're not the only ones who have had experience like this. But... No, and I cannot wait to hear everyone else's experiences, which yeah. is very similar to yours and mine. So it'll... <laughs> That's always shocking. And I know before they had the mid-singles ward in this valley, my sister-in-law was actually mid-single in the valley before they had the mid-singles ward. Oh, okay. And she said it was really hard when she turned 31 and she would go to some stake singles activities. And all of a sudden, because you're in your 30s, you're like free game to mm-hmm. some elderly men or whatnot. It's a tricky thing. Obviously, we're not the same as someone who's widowed or later yeah. in life. Those are completely different life experiences. Yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> I think even in our own congregation, there's such a wide range of experience. There's a lot of never marrieds like us. Mm-hmm. There is quite a few, including many of our good friends who are divorced, who either have kids or don't. Mm-hmm. There's some who. The age goes up to 45, so there's a bit of an age range there. We have both millennials and Gen Xers in our ward, and I've noticed there's a lot of differences yeah. between the two. There's some even whose kids are already grown, things like that. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, even that can be a little bit of just a culture shock coming into that situation. So, But I think there's just so many lovely people there, too, as you get to know them. There's a lot to, to learn from others, and there's many commonalities you can find. So yeah, it's good, but it, it for, for sure is an adjustment, and we'll be talking about that in future episodes, too. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you on that statement that there are, yes, we are similar in the single status, but there are like so many of us, and we are so different that we each have different life experiences. And so mm-hmm. it's fun getting to meet these other mid-singles and hear their stories and to hear about what life has been like for them and comparing notes and just getting to hear their stories and meeting, getting to meet them and getting to know them a little bit more. Yeah, I feel like even when I was in the YSA ward, the young singles ages 18 to 30, that was a wide age range too. So when I was nearing 30, I still felt quite a divide between those who were just starting college or still living at home and me. So I was ready for the transition when it came time to to turn 31 and transition out of the young single, just because I felt like there would maybe be more people in my phase of life, like a young professional sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for sure. These are wide age ranges and sometimes that works for dating, sometimes it doesn't and that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that's a great thing about a community is you learn to find commonalities and love people despite differences. Yeah. Yeah. I, on the other hand, was not ready. (laughs) Yeah, tell us your experience. (laughs) (laughs) I was not ready to join the mid-singles. And luckily, I know I'm not the only person who feels that way. Oh, yeah. Because like we mentioned earlier, because we're such a family-oriented religion, you feel like you have these stepping stones or these obstacles or these hurdles that you have to accomplish in life. So if we, if you don't get married, then you kind of feel like a failure. And so you kind of get, kind of get, you know, kicked off to the mid-singles ward. And at the time, in my mind, I was all about, oh, the YSA ward is fun. 
And then you go to the mid-singles ward when no one else knows what to do with you. At least that was my mindset. Yeah, it's almost like you're shunned or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've been shunned <laughs> to the island of mid-singles. <laughs> yeah. And so I wasn't ready to go to the mid-singles. I didn't have a good attitude about it. But luckily, like we mentioned earlier, we have so many good friends and there are so many fun people that do attend the mid-singles ward. It actually made it easier for me to transition over to the mid-singles ward. Okay. And now I've been in the mid-singles ward... I want to say a little over a year now, and you've been in the mid-singles ward for how long now? Our current one for three years. Yeah. Yeah, but in total, four plus. Yeah. You've been in two years now. Has it been two years? Yeah. It probably has, but maybe because it doesn't feel like it. But yeah, I think you're right. It has been a couple years, yeah. I have to say, I feel bad for all the heteronormative things I've made you do. (laughs) Like when Oliver first joined the ward, I was over family home evening, which is the Monday night activities. Are and you the reason I was on the dating? Yes, that was me. I asked you to do that. So I put together a, uh, what was it, the dating game? The, it was the dating game. I think that was one of the first FAG <laughs> activities that I went to. So yeah, you poor little like 31 year old. So the dating game was, it's fun. You bring up different bachelors or bachelorettes. And on the other side of the screen, there's three people of the opposite gender who are there to answer questions. Mm-hmm. And then you choose one and you get to see who they are and go on a date with them. So yeah. Oliver was one of our bachelors and he had asked questions of these women. I think all of your options were much older than you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were great, though. You it rocked was, it. <laughs> it. It was fun and no one knew about my like sexuality back then. So yeah, I was a good sport and you know still <laughs> went on that date with that lovely mid-single in our ward. Who I haven't seen in a while, so I don't, I don't even yeah, know yeah. if she's in our ward anymore. But I did not realize you were you were responsible. For it me. was me. Very sorry about that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, good times. This See, has been fun chatting. It has. And mind you, this is our first ever podcast episode, so we're still trying to learn the, the ropes here. I feel like we have already covered some pretty good topics here. And these are totally topics that we have to continue on in later episodes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Please continue to tune in. Tell your friends. We also wanted to give the disclaimer, this is a podcast about mid-singles, those ages 31 through 45 who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We are not officially affiliated with the church, but we will be talking about the experiences and lives of those who are associated with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty, so <laughs> stay tuned in. Yeah. Thanks for being with us, friends. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah, see you then.